Welcome to the College Press Box Podcast. Here's your host, Ted Ganji. And off we go into the third full week of the 2021 college football season. And it's been two really exciting weeks of college football to get us started. Uh, We will renew another rivalry uh, this weekend when Nebraska and Oklahoma go at it. Uh, The result of a renewed rivalry from the past weekend yielded us our Cheez-It Bowl National Team of the Week. We'll get to that here in a little bit. But uh, some other treetops news from the Football Writers Association of America, our partner here on the podcast. The Alabama Crimson Tide, no surprise, retained their number one ranking in the NFF FWAA Super 16 poll after uh, defeating Mercer. They get a little bit tougher of a challenge this weekend when they go to Florida to take on the Gators in the Swamp. Our Bronco Nagurski Trophy National Defensive Player of the Week is Verone McKinley III, safety from Oregon, who helped the Ducks seal the deal as they went into Columbus and beat the Ohio State Buckeyes. And, of course, our National Team of the Week, the Arkansas Razorbacks. For the first time in 17 years, the Razorbacks played host to former and future conference rival Texas, and they dominated the game and took home our big prize this week. The Cheez-It Bowl National Team of the Week, well, it's the Arkansas Razorbacks. And it was really competitive again this week. Last week, our first week of the 20th season of doing this with the Football Writers Association, we had about nine teams that uh, could have taken this uh, prize home. And in week two, we had four or five. And uh, the biggest one, as it turns out, was probably the one that had the biggest celebration. And that was in Fayetteville, Arkansas, where... The Hogs took down their former Southwest Conference rival 40 to 21 in Texas's first visit to Fayetteville in 17 years, which is really hard to believe. And somebody who knows all about the history of this rivalry played in the rivalry is uh, David Basil, a good friend and a morning uh, morning talk host at 103.7 The Buzz in Little Rock. He's been doing that for about 20 years, getting up at the crack of dawn and entertaining people between <laughs> six and 10 in the morning. And also Moonlights on KATV, the ABC affiliate. And uh, I don't know anyone who knows the culture of Arkansas football better, except maybe for Wally Hall. Will you give Wally Hall some credit? <laughs> oh yeah. Wally's, Wally's been around uh, a lot longer than me, Ted. <laughs> yeah, but I got to go to my guy, David Basil, because I know you were there and you witnessed this. And um, what, has there been a game in the 21st century on Arkansas schedule that was circled in more different colors of ink than this one? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, this is, uh, you know, it was the perfect storm, Ted. Uh, it was a perfect storm of every element. Uh, not only is it the hated, you know, Texas Longhorns of the old Southwest Conference days, the, you've got the new coach who won the Brawls Award last year, Steve Sarkeesian, their 15th ranked. It's the first primetime game, you know, it's 6 o'clock ESPN, it seems like forever. First sold-out crowd since 2016, perfect weather. Uh, you had everybody there, Jerry Jones, Darren McFadden, you name it. And, and then to have that kind of outcome, to have that kind of domination is something that Razorback fans have not experienced in a long time. And it was, it was one of those nights where I think everybody will say, you know, I remember that night because, you know, you mentioned they haven't played there since 2004, I believe. And that was when Vince Young won a game there and uh, Arkansas had a chance to win that one. But the last time Arkansas has beat had beaten Texas was when I was a freshman, 1981, as you remember, Ted, that was the 42 to 11 upset of number one, Texas. So it had been a long time coming. And, uh, 
I'm sure the Razorback, uh, uh, you know, nation and the football program is is thrilled to get this award because, as you can, you know, you, you don't have to look back very far to see uh, there haven't been too many uh, national awards given the Razorback program in football the last few years. Well, we're not going to dwell on the recent past at Arkansas, other than to say the program had been sputtering for a few years and they bring in Sam Pittman, you know, not a big name, not a national uh, uh, celebrity coach, uh, not a $90 million contract. And uh, <laughs> I mean, how do you explain what they've been able to do? I, I'm, I'm guessing it starts with, with the culture that they've put in. Yeah, you know, it's it's actually, you know, I've always believed, and I played for Lou Holtz and Ken Hatfield. I, I think the personality of a team is is based off its head coach. I mean, I think that's it, it's a trickle down effect, and I think Pittman is that you know old offensive line coach. Nobody wanted to give it, you know, the opportunity to be the coach. You know, they they looked at everybody else. Everybody else turned down this job, and there was one guy who wanted it. And there's just something about him. He's got a you know, sort of a folksy, laid back, humble, genuine uh, connection to people. Uh, and it worked. And he's no offensive line coach. And so one of the things that was missing, Ted, was a toughness there the last few years. It just wasn't a toughness. There wasn't a fight. And you could see it on the field there. You know, when the Hawks would get down, they just never could recover. So he, he, is, he has pushed all the right buttons. I mean, he has pushed all the right buttons, not only with his team, uh, but with with the fans as well. So everybody's connected. And I think, you know, he's recruited well. He's developing that offensive line. You finally saw that, you know, on display against Texas. Now, don't want to get ahead of ourselves too much. You know, mm-hmm. it is game two. But but we definitely see a different kind of Razorback team. You, you didn't see that team a few years ago in Fantville. So it's nice to see a team that plays hard, hustle hard, and has the same kind of attitude as their head coach. So on Saturday night, when did the nervous energy of the fans of, boy, I hope we show up. I hope we give them a game turn into, wow, we're kicking their butt and we're going to win this game. When did that moment occur? Was it really early in the game? I know it was 16 nothing at halftime, but was there a point early on in the game where you thought to yourself, boy, <laughs> we got a chance to beat these guys? Well, I think it was pretty clear, Ted. You could see, you know, midway through the second quarter, you know, Texas had about 50, 60 yards of total offense. That's it. I think it had two first downs. And so you sense that whatever Barry Odom had drawn, uh, drawn up and prepared, you know, he'd had some success against Sarkeesian's Alabama team last year, even though Alabama put up big numbers, the actual yardage was not high. It was their lowest output of the year. And so he dialed up all the right defenses and you almost had that confidence that, wow, this, this has really been, you know, pretty easy for the Razorback defense. I, I think everybody was feeling pretty good, but then you had the beginning of that third quarter where on the, the first series you had the, you know, the interception. Texas scores early and makes it, you know, 16 to 7, and you're thinking, uh-oh, do we have us a game here? And the Razorback answered. The Razorbacks answered and went like 60 or 70 yards, and boom. You know, next thing you know, it's 23 to 7, and it's game over. So I, I think at that point, I think everybody knew – you know, if, if you didn't have a lot of turnovers, the Razor were going to win the game. And then just the way it happened in the second half, Ted, I mean, when you when you have that many rushing yards, I mean, that's just a that's quite a statement. It's just saying we're going to we own you so much. We're just going to keep running it and you can't stop us. Well, I'm sure that's a nice feeling for an old line coach uh, talking with David <laughs> yes. Basil. Yes. Talking with David Basil here from uh, 103.7, the buzz in Little Rock, talking about the Cheez-It Bowl National Team of the Week, the Arkansas Razorbacks, who put it on Texas 40 to 21 
to go to two and zero on the season. Uh, UCLA was our national team of the week last week, and we talked about what's the ceiling for UCLA. Kind of looking uh, forward to their schedule. Um, you look forward to Arkansas schedule, and uh, after this week with Georgia Southern, it, it gets a little tougher, doesn't it? <laughs> it's brutal. Just a little bit. As uh, as you remember, we were at the SEC Media Days, and Sam Pittman said we've won the national championship in toughest schedule two years in a row now. Yeah, it's you know you, you go to you know you beat Georgia Southern hopefully this weekend, and then you go to you know Jerry's World for the for the Aggie game, then you go at Georgia at Ole Miss, who is on fire right now. Uh, you do get Auburn at home. But, but yeah, listen, that's sort of the nature of this league. And then you throw in the, the Texas game and you get Georgia as your East opponent. Um, but, you know, I, I think Arkansas feels like they got a chance. You know, if, the, if you could somehow go down there and knock off the Aggies, Ted, and you're 4-0 sitting there, let's say you do lose to Georgia. You got a shot. You got a chance to beat Ole Miss. You got a chance to beat Auburn. I'm not saying you do, uh, but certainly last year Arkansas beat Ole Miss, and and really they really beat Auburn if you look at that you know that last series of plays there. So uh, it's a tough it's a tough schedule. You got to hope you don't have any injuries. You saw what happened to to Texas A&M's quarterback. So we shall see. I, I know that this game, <clears throat> the game Saturday, gave Razorback fans a lot of hope to say, okay. There's not very many teams. There are a couple teams that you look at, maybe Georgia, Alabama, and say, well, it's going to be tough to, to hang with them. But the rest, hey, game on. Yeah, it has to be nice for a fan to even look ahead at this tough schedule and say, well, you know, we, we have a chance to win some of these as opposed to what, uh, you know, what the last four or five years uh, have brought for Arkansas. When you look at the SEC, clearly, you know, the SEC is the SEC. Um I think the thing that stands out more than anything is the way Georgia has played on defense. Uh, have you had a chance to to even digest what they've done on defense in their first two games? Yeah, I had I had a chance to watch the the Clemson game, and again, I saw them in person last year when they played the Hogs, and and uh, they're just elite. You know, I think Kirby Smart talked about playing elite. They have elite players on defense. I mean, they have NFL players, and so. Um, I mean, you keep recruiting those kind of guys. And you look at I me, mean, Alabama's the same way. So they're just sort of on a different level in terms of NFL talent. And, uh, yeah, they're impressive. I mean, they uh, they got a good coach. You know, their coach was a Brawls Award finalist a few years ago, defensive coordinator. And so, yeah, they uh, that's going to be uh, – they're going to be they're going to be a tough out this year. It'll be interesting to see how far they go. Well, David Basil, Thank you for taking a few minutes to join us here on the College Press Box podcast. Again, the Cheez-It Bowl National Team of the Week in our 20th season, our second week, the Arkansas Razorbacks. You know, I think probably to you, um, as someone who's followed the program, it's not that much of a surprise, but they won the game, um, but really more how they won. Oh, yeah. Ted, the, the, and again, that's why, you know, Arkansas has been through such tough times. That's why winning a recognition like this and then having – you know, peers vote, you know, for this team, you know, th th their game, their performance was exceptional. It hasn't happened much. And so I don't think anybody saw this coming. You know, the line, I think, was Texas by, I don't know, six or seven or something. But it was complete domination from start to finish. I know Texas has got to look in the mirror now, and uh, Arkansas can't get too high and mighty about themselves. But certainly something you can build on. And, you know, who knows? This could be a, a special, you know, that could be a program-changing game. If, if you take advantage of it and play well the rest of the year, I mean, that that could be the the catalyst to really make this program soar under, uh, uh, under a new head coach in, in Sam Pittman. So do we say Arkansas is back? <laughs> now, yeah, that's, listen, nobody says that anymore. That's, that's the curse of death, man. You yep. know that. So I'll, I'm not saying they're back, but they're, listen, they're playing like, like we like to see the Razorbacks play. Physical, tough nose, playing with a lot of effort. Uh, and if they can do that, that's what Razorback fans expect, that kind of effort. 
David Basil, thank you so much for your time. Uh, get after it for the Georgia Southern game this week, and we'll see you here in uh, Arlington, nearby where I live in Dallas, uh, when those Aggies and, and Hogs take on each other at Jerry World. Thanks again for the time, Dave. Ted, always a pleasure, buddy. Thanks. Well, we move along from the Texas-Arkansas rivalry, which was renewed, at least for a night, in Fayetteville last week to a rivalry that has disappeared but will get renewed this weekend, and that's the Nebraska-Oklahoma rivalry, or as uh, they might say in Oklahoma parts, the Oklahoma-Nebraska rivalry, which uh, which renews itself on Saturday. And right now on paper, it's probably a lopsided matchup, um, but you never know in these games. They, that's why we call them rivalries. And somebody who played in that game and will tell you that was undefeated in that game as former Oklahoma quarterback, Dean Blevins, who's been doing TV for just about ever now and uh, knows the Sooners as good as anybody and knows the rivalry as good as anybody. In your mind, is is it no matter what the matchup is on paper, isn't it good to see these two teams playing again? Oh, my God. Ted, it is. And it's, it's good to be with you. And I've got to go back just one second because Texas-Arkansas is as big a rivalry to me. Uh, my brother played on the 1969 game of the century, recovered a fumble. My heart still aches because of that one. But moving forward, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma, Nebraska, uh, I'd like to say is still what it once was, but uh, it, it doesn't have the feel because those were such special games back then. It seemed like they were um, – most every year for the big eight championship and many years for a chance to move on down to Miami and play for a national championship. So uh, they were wonderful years and uh, it's been a while. Uh, we, we wish it weren't an 11 a.m. kickoff, but at least they're kicking off and uh, looking forward to it. Any chance uh, anyone on the field will be pelted by oranges on Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, because I think that Oklahoma is uh, is thinking, what is it, Indianapolis um, playoff this year? I'm not sure. Yeah. Maybe Dallas for for the first round. So, yeah, I don't know about. I don't know that going to the Orange Bowl is actually the prize this time around, but it was back then. Well, you having played for Barry Switzer in the '70s, you know, when you reported to camp, which was, you know, in those days, you kind of had the summer off. You didn't have to be on campus. Uh, you reported to camp. You got in shape. Even though that game, that Nebraska game, was almost always at the end of the season, was it something that uh, in the beginning of the season, in preseason, you talked about, you thought about? I mean, coaches can say whatever they want about one game at a time, but I'd have to believe that Nebraska was was circled every year. Oh, and. Absolutely. It was absolutely circled. And Ted, the thing that really stands out about the uh, Nebraska series with Oklahoma is unlike any series that uh, the Sooners had back then or ever have had, um, it was one of mutual respect. Um, for one thing, the coaches, especially when Bob Devaney was there, or at least the AD in Switzer, they got along so well. And as different as Dr. Tom and Barry are, there was mutual respect there. So it kind of laid the groundwork for it. But um, I guess being from the same conference, for whatever reason, there, there was a mutual respect, but you absolutely wanted to beat their brains out when you played them. Um, and it, and it, was, uh, it was wonderful back in the day. Coach Switzer won... 
I believe it's seven of the first eight against Dr. Tom, maybe six of seven, but it got off to a great start. And that was the chunk that I was in from 74 uh, through the 77th season. And to look back on it with all their championships uh, to come out of there four and oh, when they were very competitive was a, was a fun time. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a special rivalry and I expect this, I expect it to be something that uh, the nation will enjoy. Well, as we look ahead uh, to the fact that it, it appears maybe next year, maybe in three or four years, Texas and Oklahoma are, are going to be, uh, it's going to be a, a, a Southeastern conference conference game, which sounds hard to believe, but uh, that that's inevitable. Now the Texas OU game, which you also played in or the OU Texas game, as you might call it uh, neutral side in Dallas. What are like the nuanced differences between that rivalry and, and the Oklahoma Nebraska rivalry or, or really are, are there really any differences? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, no, that's a, that's a great uh, question, Ted, because they are dramatically different. There's true hatred there from both sides. Um, uh, and it emanates from several places. One, just the, the stadium, the way it's split, that unique setting. Uh, that's part of it. But I think recruiting for the same kids uh, and most of them from Texas is a big part of it. And you're just you're just uh, born into that rivalry. Um, so, I mean, yeah, you have respect for them, but it's one of those that you don't with Nebraska, you kind of hope they win every game so you can go play them for the title. With Texas, the Oklahoma people, there's no winning that they're hoping for from Texas. I, I will say, though, that uh, even though they stumbled, I think that uh, I think that you're going to have uh, Sark do extremely well. I think Texas will be back ultimately. Uh, but right now, Oklahoma's in the driver's seat, and um, if they can uh, find enough leadership, that's a concern I have for them, by the way, Ted. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's not a Baker Mayfield-type situation. Spencer Rattler's a quarterback, and is he enough of a non-born leader uh, mm -hmm. to be able to, to do those intangible things that you've got to do to win big games and win championships? That's, that's one concern I have for the Sooners. We're talking with Dean Blevins here on the College Press Box podcast, talking about the upcoming Oklahoma-Nebraska game. And as much as there is hatred for that rival, for that other team, don't you want them to be good when you play them, though? Isn't it, isn't it fun? Isn't it much better oh, when, yeah. you know, you're one loss or you're both undefeated playing at the end of the year? And deep down, you know, you, you're never going to admit that you're rooting for Nebraska or Texas, but you kind of are because you want them, you know, you want that game to be as big as possible, don't you? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you, you you don't want one. I mean, when you think of the great games, rarely do you look back and find one where, you know, uh, it was a it was a 500 season like mm -hmm. they had with Schnelly or John Blake when they were winning three, four, and five games consecutively, uh, which is interesting because you know this is the fourth year of, of Scott Frost up there, and they're having a former player as Blake was at Oklahoma really struggle. And getting that thing going but yeah 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 you want the the bigger the game the better you know you want the competition but you also want the the attention that goes with it well you want keith jackson in the booth calling the game is what you want <laughs> well no and more more to the point you want keith jackson at tied in running reverses for <laughs> touchdowns and catching <laughs> passes <laughs> he was a nebraska killer yep uh, the, the Keith Jackson, the football player, who's a Hall of Famer, I think both in college and the NFL. And, and, and Dean, the last thing uh, we'll touch on here is 
and you had touched on it already that Oklahoma had some bumps in the road there after Barry Switzer um, retired and Nebraska's had some bumps in the road that are a little bit longer than what OU has gone through. Uh, what do you tell Nebraska fans in terms of, you know, just be patient. It'll come around. You got to have a Bob Stoops. You got to have a, you know, you, you got to have a, uh, a personality and a coach like that. Uh, Stoops comes in here after those four horrendous seasons and, you know, in his second year, goes undefeated and wins a championship. That, that that's a rare, rare breed of cat that can do that. But there, there is a select. There, there are coaches out there who are capable of it. You know, is um, is Sark the guy at Texas? I kind of think that he will be. But at Nebraska, I don't have any reason to believe that Scott Frost is uh, is the answer. I have nothing against him, but based on everything I've heard, everything I've seen of the team, and and listening to him, I mean, he, he, I was listening to his press conference, Ted, and he makes, he was so dry. He makes Tom Osborne seem like Chris Rock, you know, <laughs> and you got to have a little bit of pizzazz and, uh, and, and he didn't. So I think it, it all starts with, with a head coach. And I would think that they are uh, probably in line for a change after this year, unless something unforeseen happens. Well, Dean, we appreciate your time. Uh, I, I think all of us of a, of a certain age are, are looking forward just seeing seeing the laundry on the field, seeing those two teams go at it uh, for the first time. And oh, I should have done the research, but it's been too long. Let's just put it that way. Dean, thanks so much for your time. Enjoy the game on Saturday and uh, Boomer Sooner to you. Yeah, and we'll see you in Dallas as we do every year. Thanks, pal. And that'll do it for this episode of the College Press Box Podcast. I'm Ted Ganji. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy your college football weekend, and we'll be back with you next week. The College Press Box podcast is a production of collegepressbox.com, the official media website of Division I college football. Special thanks to the members of the Football Writers Association of America. To provide feedback on the podcast, email us at podcast at collegepressbox.com. College Press Box is on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Thank you for listening.